You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back for another episode of The Chris and Joe Show. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. For today's episode, we are previewing the New York Giants matchup as we do every single Thursday. This time, they're facing off against a 2-1 Los Angeles Rams team. A team, frankly, Chris, has overperformed the expectations of many. It seems like during this offseason, a lot of people assumed that this team was on a, a landslide since making the Super Bowl. And this was going to be a super down year for them after they missed the playoffs last season. Well, if you look at what they've done and the way that they've reshaped their roster through some big trades to get Jalen Ramsey, through drafting to fill needs by going and grabbing some receivers in this year's past year's draft class, drafting Cam Akers, even though he hasn't been a, a key contributor, this team is still very, very well coached, similar to the San Francisco 49ers. And that's a big reason why that they are currently 2-1 and one, why they almost put together a huge comeback against the Buffalo Bills. This team is way better than I think a lot of people want to give them credit for. Yeah, I, I remember it wasn't that long ago, you know, right right around the start of the season that Giants fans pretty much had this game circled as you know a likely win. But then the last week happened and had a we actually got to see what competition in the NFC West is like this year. I, I don't know the Giants fans are quite as confident. Yeah, and, and I think that you shouldn't be overly confident like like some analysts were during the offseason. I have never really been out on the Rams because I knew that they had the talent in the right spots. And not only talent and good players, but elite players at their respective positions, especially on defense with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So today's episode, we're going to do what we do every single time. We're going to break things down like a scouting report to fill you in on every single thing that you need to know for this game. So when you're watching the game, you can think to yourself and say, I remember Chris and Joe bringing this up. We got to watch out for this. Oh, they're doing that. This game, 425 on Sunday, and and Chris, if we want to bring up the first key player to know, it has to be Jared Goff, who had a bit of a down year last year, has not been living up to his expectations of being a first overall pick quarterback, but it should be noted that this guy is fully capable of taking over a game and making all the throws on the field that you need him to. He's not somebody who can take over without any additional help through the scheme that they run, but he fits perfectly with how Sean McVay tries to establish things on offense. And frankly, if if Nick Mullins can produce and have a huge game, Jared Goff is going to not be slowed down at all this upcoming week. There are a lot of jokes, a lot of criticisms hurled at Goff. I think 
at least some of it goes back to that that draft year when there were a lot of people wondering, you know, is he just another spread quarterback? You know, can he have success at the NFL level? Now, I think those people kind of have been made a little bit foolish just based on how much the spread offense has taken over the NFL. And really, that's that has a lot of influence in the offense he's running now. He is a very good fit for Sean McVay's offense. Very quick release. He is an accurate passer. He can get the ball out to his playmakers quickly. And now you, I think we're really starting to see him see and understand defenses and make changes at the line of scrimmage, which probably plays a role in the Rams being better than people thought they were going to be. Two of the key pieces for him on offense that help him elevate his play are his receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Now, they're not overly productive. They don't have elite top five receiving numbers. Cup, 228 receiving yards, 18 receptions. Robert Woods, 193 receiving yards, 13 receptions on the year. Both of them, though, are very, very good at getting open with the style of offense that Sean McVay likes to run. We're going to talk about that style of offense and how they establish their offensive game plan. But from Cup and from Woods, they can get open very effectively. If you're not paying attention and you bite on some of these play fakes that they run, they have the capability to pick up yardage after the catch and gash you for 10 to 15 yards if there is enough room for them to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And that is one of the things this offense really specializes in doing and getting these guys, these playmakers, the room to make plays. They This offense doesn't really have many stars. You know, Goff is, like we just said, he is a perfectly fine starting quarterback. Like there, I don't think too many teams would have complaints about having him as their starter. Cooper Cup is you know, maybe a little underrated as a receiver, but he's also not a superstar receiver. Uh, Robert Woods, he can be dangerous after the catch. You know, he is a really good runner with the ball in his hands. He's a good route runner, but he isn't Odell Beckham Jr. or any of these, anything like any of these uh, superstar electric playmaking receivers. But the thing this offense does have is a very good scheme, very good play calling, and a way of just get, getting everybody on the same page and working well together. I think that's the, the perfect point to illustrate here, leading into the offensive strengths for this Rams team, that they don't have anybody who is overly uh, an elite talent, I would argue, at, at any of their positions. They're all very talented, they're athletic, but what makes this team very, very good is they work, to well, they work well together cohesively. And it's a well-coached team because they all work together efficiently. That is why they're so good on offense and why they're able to confuse defenses with some of the styles that they use on offense through their play calling. This is just a a very, very well-coached unit similar to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the big key strength that allows them to move the ball is their ability to use smoke and mirrors to confuse opposing defenses. And what I mean by that, there will be a lot of different things going on pre-snap and then also post-snap. There will be some motions, some jet motions to divert the attention of defensive backs and linebackers. You will see a lot of 
zone running concepts early on in early downs to establish the run. And at the same time, even if Goff isn't throwing the ball, he will still roll out as if he might be going for play action. And on top of that, they will then use that to set up play action passes. All of these different wrinkles and things going on allows them to ultimately put so many different thoughts in the head heads of defensive players that they're facing. All of these different pieces is what essentially sets up multiple plays despite all their concepts being pretty simple and concise. Yeah, uh, each individual concept the Rams use is, I don't want to say vanilla because it isn't vanilla, but they aren't using hyper exotic looks. They're not running a really super intricate, detailed offense. They use layered concepts down the field. They use, like you said, a lot of different looks on any one play, it's all eye candy. The thing that makes this offense so dangerous is the fact that it all also matters because Sean McVay is really very good at sequencing his plays and stacking them one on top of the other. You know, The first play might be an outside run, but Robert Woods is in jet motion. And then Goff rolls out like he made the play. He's attempting a play action bootleg. Well, then the very next play, Goff might hand the ball to Woods on the jet motion, and he's running against the flow of the offense. Then the next play after that, Goff does the actually executes the play action pass, and then maybe a play after that, he show they go back to the running game, and then after that, they have the play action, but it's a play action screen to Woods who is running the jet motion, or Cooper Cup who's running the jet motion. So they keep stacking all of these different plays, one on top of the other. And what makes it so difficult on defenses is that they all look the same right up until the the person who is actually getting the ball gets the ball. What I think makes this Rams defense, sorry, offense rather, so effective is it's very simple from their perspective. It's a lot of the same types of options like you brought up, Chris. It's a lot of going and maintaining a strong running game through inside-outside zone and then using play action to burn defenses that are selling out to stop the run. It is a lot of similar passing concepts, running comp- concepts. It's not It's not a very deep playbook if you talk about just the general play styles, but what allows them to manipulate the perception of who they're playing is using different formations, different looks, different movements. All of these different things going on allows them to take advantage of that shroud of confusion over a defense. And I think one thing I would like to bring up here, Chris, is that it's very possible that the Giants could start this game like they did against the San Francisco 49ers. They could come in, shut them down, shut down the run game, force them to kick field goals in the first quarter. I can tell you right now, if that happens, you should be very, very worried. That is playing right into the hands of Sean McVay because he knows, all right, if we're getting slowed down a little bit here, we're eventually going to be able to rebound and set up what we want to do, which is a lot of these play-action passes and redirect plays after you are then selling out the run. That is what killed them against the 49ers. Once it hit the second, third quarter, they started to have an offensive explosion because they knew the Giants were going to do whatever they could to stop the run. And then once they were 
essentially guessing at that point, they were able to go back to running the ball effectively. Yeah, so much of what McVay does is actually training the defense to think and react the way he wants them to. When his offense is working properly uh, in rhythm, he can have defenses basically eating out of his hand. A couple years ago, his offense was famous for their use of 11 personnel, you know, three receiver sets. They used them on something like 90 or 95% of their plays, at least until Cooper Cup got hurt. They're still making heavy use of 11 personnel. I believe right now they're using it the third most in the leagues. Uh, 77% was what I was able to find. But despite that, they're actually a run-heavy team on early downs. They're just over 40% pay pass rate so just under 60 percent run rate on first and second down outside of uh garbage time and two minute drills so like on a normal down and distance now they don't go run run pass all the time they do mix them up because like i said they're making heavy use of misdirection uh heavy use of play action but odds are they're going to run on those early downs but the way they construct their running game it makes it difficult on defenses to stop and the Giants defense in particular, they could well have success early just based on their strength up front. You know, it's difficult to get those big defensive tackles flowing, but the 40, uh, I'm sorry, but the Rams, they do love to attack the edges of defenses with speed. And there's reason to have concern about the Giants speed and range at the second level. And also, there's the distinct possibility we could see more Nate Ebner than we would prefer on defense just because the Rams use so much 11 personnel. The Giants are going to compensate by living in their nickel package. It's worth noting, though, after explaining all those approaches to how they are able to generate good production on offense, their biggest weakness is if this Rams offense is forced to throw the ball without any of that stuff. So if it is second and 15, third and 10 or more, or third and seven in that range, and it's just a straight gun formation, no running back, no motion, and they have to stick to very simple, just general passing concepts to pick up a first down, they're not as effective. And that is how some teams have been able to beat them. That is how the Bills were able to slow them down early on. And that was also why that they struggled last season because Todd Gurley was not running the ball as well as he was capable and, and known for being able to do because of his injury. Teams were able to force Jared Goff to have to just straight up throw the football without all of the moving pieces in front of him. And that is completely diverting away from Sean McVay's goal and his intentions with their with their game plan. That's not something that I can say is an easy thing to do, though. That's not something that you can just completely force them to switch their game plan and go straight to throwing the ball. That, that is something that a lot of NFL coaches are really struggling to figure out and why some teams can beat them with a really good defensive coordinators and some teams really struggle to slow them down. Yeah, Ed, like you said, last year they didn't have all of their pieces. They had injured players. Yeah, this year, right now, their offensive line is in pretty good shape. It's, it's a pretty solid unit. Yeah, they have... All of their receivers healthy. They have their top running backs healthy and running well. Uh, they're effective out of the backfield as pass catchers themselves. So it it's going to be difficult to get this offense 
out of what it wants to do. I would say the other potential weakness is sometimes the Rams did decide to line up and pit strength against strength, at least in the games I watched. They did have some instances where they tried to run up the middle uh, man gap type runs, and they weren't great at them. And that would be particularly ineffective against the Giants just because of their defensive tackles and really how good Blake Martinez has been coming downhill. Whether or not the Rams even include that in their game plan remains to be seen. They could see that the strength of the Giants and say, you know, we're just we'll just go around them. But if the Giants can try can figure out some way to force them into that, that would be the other weakness I was able to find in their offense. We're going to transition to talking about the defense and filling you in on all their key performers. Before we do so, folks, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Chris, plain and simple, when we're talking about this Rams defense, it rests on two players impacting and helping and improving the quality of play from everybody around them. It starts with Aaron Donald on the front end and also Jalen Ramsey on the back end. Aaron Donald is one of the few defensive tackles, despite not being a gigantic space eater, that can divert significant attention away from his fellow line mates. He is a guy that has to be double teamed. He is a guy that teams will often run away from him because they're worried about giving up pressure for tackles for loss. They know it's just easier to say, We're going to stick to running to one side because maybe there's more success than running directly into Aaron Donald. And because of that, that frees up a lot of defensive tackles on their on their on their line, like Michael Brockers, to be on an island with an offensive lineman. That is a perfect scenario for who for a guy who is still very, very talented as a defensive tackle. Because there is a lot more free space to move and teams are double teaming Aaron Donald. That makes things so much easier for the guys behind him to move freely. But even as much as Aaron Donald is double teamed and offenses do game plan for him, it almost doesn't matter. He already has three sacks on the season and the Rams just find ways to get him involved, uh, make offenses have to find him. Uh, Against the Dallas Cowboys, they had... There was a play early in the game where they had Donald lined up as a stand-up rusher at out at the seven technique, basically as a stand-up defensive end. And they had him lined up over Tyron Smith, and he was still able to get pressure on Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, I don't know of any other defensive tackles who can basically be a stand-up rusher and bully Tyron Smith. That shouldn't be possible, but it is. The Rams are going to move him all around their defensive formation. The Giants are going to have to keep track of him and basically have a standing double team order wherever he he lines up he needs to be double teamed just period and it still might not matter i can say pretty confidently and it's not something i want to say confidently chris but if the giants don't properly identify where he is and who is supposed to be blocking him like we saw khalil mack come free against the chicago bears and he lit up daniel jones aaron donald will have huge production and have a huge day against them They need to be 100% aware of where he is because, frankly, this offensive line is already not getting the job done. Now imagine them in week three having to face the best defensive tackle and also defensive lineman, playmaker, sack producer, um, run defender in the NFL. 
they need to know where he is on the field. Yeah, and they need to execute perfectly every single rep. Because not only is Aaron Donald a freakish athlete, which we all know, but he is also incredibly technically sound. He's got a super high motor, and he can make plays just by not giving up and fighting his way through waves of blockers with really just excellent hand usage, great leverage, and just work his way into plays. It's tough to not sound hyperbolic about him, but he really is just that good. I know. He's one of the few players that it sounds like you're over-exaggerating and hyping him up. He is that good of a player. He is that good of a player to completely break a game and shut down an offense. There's not a lot of guys in the NFL who are capable of doing that. And speaking of a guy on the outside who is capable of shutting down receivers, that's Jalen Ramsey. And we spoke when breaking down the 49ers film of how much the Giants receivers receivers were struggling to get open and, and create separation. Whoever is on Jalen Ramsey and is playing against him is going to have a very tough time. It might not be the same guy every single play, but Ramsey is good enough to shut down and lock down whoever they're facing. Yeah, he really is. And that and that's why they went out and got him. He is he has been at times one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. You know, his play has been a little up and down. I'm not sure the Giants really have anybody who scares him. Darius Slayton might be able to out-athlete him some. Yeah, if Ramsey's able to get his hands on him, able to redirect him, Slayton's going to have a hard time finding separation. And that's really going to limit what the Giants are able to do on offense. Lastly, if we're talking about other talented players, and I think that both of these guys are guys that, that that benefit from the extra attention from for Aaron Donald, that being Leonard Floyd and Michael Brockers, both of which, Chris, you know, are, are very productive. Brockers, a, a type of a player that can, similar to Donald, not at the same level, require some extra attention because he is a very big and talented defensive tackle. And then Leonard Floyd, who came over from the Chicago Bears, has been very, very good for them as as one of their best outside pass rushers. Yeah, Floyd is currently second on the team. He has, uh, I believe, uh, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, three quarterback hits. That's really nowhere near what Donald has produced, but that's still not bad for the third game. And, you know, we saw him at Chicago. He is a very long, very athletic edge player, outside linebacker, and he can drop into coverage, which does give them more options for disguising looks, disguising pressures. That's something the Rams don't do all that often, and they tend to not be terribly successful when they do blitz, but they can bring pressure from unexpected areas just because of how much attention offenses have to pay to Aaron Donald. And you know, having a long, athletic, flexible edge like Leonard Floyd, that's something you know, the Giants have to pay attention to just because their offensive tackles have been leaky so far this year. And if they wind up on an island with him, that's again, they're going to have to be really clean in their execution. In terms of defensive strengths, it's pretty simple to identify what is so good for this defense. That is their front seven. They have good linebackers playing behind a group that features Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Michael Brockers. They are so good up front, and if you notice what they do on tape, they don't really have to do anything too 
crazy or creative to generate pressure. They're just that good up front that they don't need to send heavy blitzes or create confusion for the offensive line. Don't expect them to go all out to throw the kitchen sink at this Giants O-line. They're going to know coming into it that they're good enough to attack them. If they can force Daniel Jones to hold on to the football, they're just going to keep pressuring with their front four. Yeah, absolutely. They've Aaron Donald might be the only superstar player on that front four. They're, the rest of the guys are solid, and solid has proven to be a challenge for the Giants' offensive line. And like you said, if Daniel Jones has to hold the ball, if he's up around that 2.8 three-second time-to-throw range, yeah, he is. He could well find himself in trouble. Also, the Giants might want to consider running off the edge as well. You know, taking a page from the Rams' own playbook. You know, one thing I did notice is that like they do tend to use some tight formations, tight fronts on the defensive side, where all of their down linemen are inside of the defensive ta- offensive tackles, rather, and that lets them really control the interior running game. And the Giants have shown you know, kind of a love for the interior running game. They seem to like running between the tackles, which unfortunately hasn't really worked out for them. That I think is going to challenge Jason Garrett, finding a way to run the ball. In terms of some of the the weaknesses that show up on tape, there really aren't many that you can point to and say, if the Giants do this, they're going to be able to win this football game because this is a strong defense. But one thing I noticed this past game against the Buffalo Bills that the Giants really, I think, should experiment with is an inability to shut down quarterback runs and option runs. If the Giants are willing to use Daniel Jones more in in a read option style spot or in a speed option type of play, or if they want to commit back to running those quarterback power plays to establish their running game, I think that could help them run the ball a little bit more effectively than they've done so already. That That is really where most of their chunk plays have come from, from giving Daniel Jones the ball and allowing him to run the rock. Maybe adding another wrinkle would be having that ability to pitch it and throw it off to somebody. There were a couple runs where Josh Allen was able to pick up some, some yardage and even a touchdown just by having that extra pitch option by running a sprint option play. Yeah, that, that's something we haven't seen in the Giants' offensive playbook. But you have to hope that Jason Garrett watched the tape from last week and saw how the Rams were able to be had by those plays. And it does offer some advantages for the offense. It, it really lets you play 11-on-11 11 on 11, 11 on 11 football and not 10-on-11 you know, 11 11. You know, It gives the offense numbers advantages on the play side. And if the defense has its back turned, it can be incredibly difficult for them to account for the quarterback. Now, Daniel Jones isn't as big. He isn't as athletic as Josh Allen is. Yeah, He's close, but he, he is a little bit smaller, uh, not quite as explosive of an athlete. He doesn't quite have the same long speed, but he's athletic enough where the giants should at least be considering installing these plays. Of course, that does come with risks all their own. You're opening your quarterback up to taking some hits, but he's already taking hits behind the line of scrimmage. They have to figure out some way to move the ball, some way to put the threat of the run game in defensive defense's head so they can't just sit in coverage all game and still get pressure on them. And considering how poorly the Giants have run the ball, 
they're going to start need to start adding some creative approaches to pick up some more yardage because what they're doing right now is just not cutting it. And this is going to be a very tough game to run the ball because of how good their, their defensive line is. That is going to be it for today's show, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII and also follow Big Blue View at Big Blue View. Also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.